Hello, everybody, and welcome to the inaugural episode, the first episode of Stark Raven Mad, the weekly Game of Thrones recap podcast. Uh, that's exactly what we'll be doing. We will be chatting about the show each week, giving our own personal insights. Well, other people will be giving their own personal insights, uh, as you will find out in this episode. I'm dumb. I'm so dumb when it comes to this show. As much as a fan as I am about the show, you will question why I'm even doing this. Because uh, it will seem as if I don't know shit. Uh, but I love the show. I've got a cat named Aria, and if that's not reason enough for a podcast, and I don't know what is. I don't. Uh, I shouldn't be doing this. But I am. So we will continue. Uh, we will break down the episode... Uh, scene by scene, and talk about, uh, you know, why did he do this? Why do you think he did this? Throw out theories on different things. Uh, differences between the books and the television show. Um, trying not to spoil anything uh, that's coming ahead. Because I have not read the books. Uh, and that will be quite clear throughout this episode and future episodes. I, I know very well that I will, at some point in each episode, moving forward, get yelled at by people uh, for my ignorance. But that's okay. I'm expecting it. Um, this one is very scholastic because of the fact that there was only the two of us. It was me and uh, I was joined by Andrew Stanton, Philly comedian Andrew Stanton, uh, of Kate and Andrew and Safe Weird, reigning champs at the Philly Improv Theater's cage match. You can check him out. Uh, he knows a lot of stuff. He knows all about the show. So the podcast really be became about him teaching me about about the show uh, and reminding me of things that just happened uh, and telling me why things happened that just happened. So it was, uh, there's a lot of information in this episode. Uh, if you are a fan of the books... Uh, or if you have not read the books, this will be particularly interesting for you because it will kind of expand your knowledge base, uh, just as it did for me. So it's uh, it's pretty cool for that reason. Uh, in future episodes, we will we will uh, we will we will we'll be joined by a few other different Philly comedians who will uh, offer their own personal insights and theories and whatnot. Uh, and we will also have a couple different segments that will be introduced starting with week two. So, that's all I'll say about this. For now. For now. Turning into Christopher Walken. A really bad Christopher Walken. And the more I did it, the more terrible it got. Anyway. Uh, this is the first episode of Star Raven Man. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Like, it, like it's not like I have read the things a million times, and like I have watched the previous episodes a bunch of times, like mm -hmm. early each one like three or four times. But like I don't know, I, I just retain it really well. Well, Dang. it'll come in handy. This is Mike Marback, and joining me on this as yet unnamed Game of Thrones recap podcast uh, is Andrew Stanton. Thank you, Andrew. 
No problem, Mike. Thanks for having me. Uh, next week, we'll likely be joined by a few more people, uh, but this is Easter, and uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> people have things to do, I guess. Apparently, people have uh, families and things. <laughs> me, my, my night was watching this with you and celebrating with a Papa John's... Papa John's, Papa John's pizza. thin it crust was, pepperoni. Uh, it was it was surprisingly good. I still wouldn't like I still wouldn't be going to get pizza and get hey why don't we get Papa John's but yeah it it, it tastes remarkably like Tombstone pizza which <laughs> is not a complaint and I, I agree this was this was all I had going on today I didn't even get dressed until like seven when it was time to time to come down here <laughs> all I did was think about this fucking show. All the time. <laughs> Which is good, because now I get to talk about all of it. Uh, Before we get into this episode, before we get into Mm -hmm. what we just watched, uh, is there anything, because they they did a whole, you know, previously on Game of Thrones, Mm -hmm. uh, is there anything that that jumped out at you that maybe you, well, you have a good memory for fake stuff, Mm -hmm. uh, but is there anything that, that jumped out that you were particularly looking forward to? Uh, yeah, I was wondering uh, when they were going to get to uh, Barristan Selmy coming back, because uh, uh, that's one uh, big difference there, is that there's, and I was wondering how they were going to do that, because there's a long time when his character, uh, the scene with the um, with the bug, the manticore, uh, at the end of the episode, uh, that happens at the end of the second book. At the end of this episode? Yeah, at the end, at the of, end this of the episode, second book. Happens at the end of the second book. Okay. Um, Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if you're going to... I'm assuming the people here... Yeah, they should have already seen this episode before mm-hmm. they listen to this. Yeah, so uh, that... Uh, yeah, the manticore is what that thing was. Uh, it's called a manticore. Yeah, well, I, the idea is that... I didn't know this before I read it, but the, I guess the mythology of a manticore, which is the, you know, the beast, uh, the lion with the bat wings and the scorpion tail, uh, they can fold into a scarab, which evidently is what happened there. But the whole scene with the manticore and um, uh, Barristan Selmy attacks her and he kills it. Uh, for a long time, he's po- he identifies himself as uh, this guy Arston Whitebeard, and he's um, the very old, aged uh, squire of this uh, pit fighter, this slave pit fighter uh, named Strong Belwas. Uh, Strong Belwas has evidently been omitted from the series, or at least maybe they'll bring him back later. I was really looking forward to Strong Belwas. I'm sad that. It seems like he's not going to be in there. I kind of suspected that they were going to omit him because he's kind of unnecessary. Um, but yeah, he spends most of the third book posing as this guy, Arston Whitebeard. And it's not revealed till pretty late that he's actually Barristan Selmy. And, you know, just... <clears throat> that's obviously the sort of thing you can do in the book. Yeah. But uh, I was wondering how they were going to handle it in the show. And I I understand the uh, the idea of just revealing him right away to be Barristan Selmy. But, yeah, I guess it's kind of cool they got it out of the way. I don't really know how I feel about it just yet. But, you know, necessary. His name is Barristan Selmy? Uh, yeah, his name is Barristan, Barristan Selmy, called Barristan the Bold. Uh, for some story in his, in his youth, when he, as a, as a kid, I think, like, 12, or 12 to 14, he entered a, uh, entered a, a joust. And, uh, and did remarkably well, I think. So he came to be called Barristan the Bold, became a knight, and became uh, a member of the King's Guard, and was in uh, Ares Targaryen's King's Guard, and was one of the two surviving members of it, the other being Jamie Lannister. <laughs> I gotta say that you 
have a remarkable memory for fake things. <laughs> fake shit. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, one thing I noticed, uh, as my voice cracked there, uh, one thing I noticed... It happens. Jeez, uh, uh, Doc. Uh, <laughs> is, and this is just as far as casting goes, mm-hmm. is it me or do all of the older men look alike? They kind of do. Like, in this, in this, as far as, like, the Stannis, uh, Tywin, is that his name, right? Tywin? Yeah, the actor's name is, uh, Charles Dance. <laughs> okay. Tywin Lance. Uh, and this guy, uh, what's his, Barrister? Uh, Barristan Selmy, Barristan yeah. Selmy. They all, like, they, they all just look alike. Mm-hmm. Which, they for people the... like me, who don't have a great memory for all of this stuff, unless it's Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. uh... Is is confusing enough. Yeah, they do all seem to have the same kind of hairline. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Just similar facials. It is it is <clears throat> tough to keep straight sometimes. The Lord of Bones in that first scene with the they bring um John into Mance's tent and the Lord of Bones he takes off his <coughs> takes off his mask. He looks remarkably like uh like Mark Addy who played uh, Robert Baratheon in the first season. Is that yeah. just me? No, yeah, it kind of does. Just like he also it. looks like a, a roided up Snape. Snape? Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like a roided up Alan Rickman. <laughs> uh, okay, so we'll, let's get into this a uh, little bit more uh, in order. Uh, episode starts... <laughs> first of all, I, th- I mentioned earlier that I thought it was funny that they had that commercial... Uh, with the the ten second oh the countdown, countdown yeah, the yeah. weird ten second countdown and I don't even think it started at ten I think it started at like seven, uh, but w- one thing I really liked is because I haven't read the books mm-hmm. as I'll say a thousand times over, mm-hmm. uh, is that they started off right where the last season left off yeah which yeah. Uh, for me was pretty great because uh, it it ended last season with the with the White Walkers is that what mm-hmm. they're called. Um, which really combined all of what's great about television right now, because mm-hmm. you had all that fantasy stuff, and then you had zombies in there too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we we're, we're, we picked up right back with with that, and uh, the one dude, uh, uh, Sam Walt Harley. Sam Walt Harley. Yeah. Uh, running, uh, running away. Uh, then he's just running and running, and he finds. One of the people that was with him before, right? Uh, not uh, the two guys he was with in the uh, in the final scene uh, were uh, uh, Gran is the taller one, and uh, the second I'm not actually a hundred percent sure which character that's supposed to be. I think it's a little uh, Sam disfigured. called him Ed. Yeah, I think he was supposed to be this character Dolorous Ed, who sort of you know bitches and moans a lot. Uh, he is much bigger in the the fifth book. I believe. Spoiler, I guess he fucking lives. We can cut that out. Uh, So we we, we stumble across one of them that's dead. Uh, Yeah, we stumble across a a dead uh, Night's Watch brother. And they positioned him holding his own head. Mm -hmm. Pretty Pretty gruesome. Yeah, pretty pretty gruesome. Uh, (laughs) And then we... uh, The Watch comes in... um, What's that guy's name? The uh, the 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 main. The main... Uh, that's uh, Lord Commander Mormont. Um, uh, fun bit uh, that they don't you don't they don't really they mention it very briefly. I think in the first season they don't really play on it much. Uh, Sir Jorah, um, uh, uh, Daenerys, uh, her bodyguard, mm-hmm. uh, the knight. That is 
Lord Commander Mormont's son. Um, uh, yeah, uh, Longclaw, the sword that the Lord Commander gives to Jon Snow in the first season, mm-hmm. uh, was Sir Jorah's, and then when he fled Westeros, uh, in shame, he had the decency to leave the sword behind. <laughs> uh, that was good of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arya is here. Arya, my kitty. She's coming up to say hello. Sadly absent from the episode, however. Yeah, she was. What's up with that? Although we did see her in the previews for the next one, so we know she's going to yeah. be in there. Uh, so yeah, the, the watch comes in, saves uh, Sam. Mm-hmm. What is his name? Samwell? Sam, yeah, they call him Sam. Samwell Tarly, if you want to be, uh, be formal about it. <laughs> I'd prefer to be. Uh, so they save Samwell Tarly from... A walker. Well, that's a it's an important distinction because the the what they're referring to as white walkers uh, are uh, are <clears throat> supernatural, demonic, uh, like kind of demonic beings. The ones we the one we saw on the horse at the end of the at the end of the at the end of season two. Mm-hmm. You know the kind of shriveled uh, yeah. monster. You look zombie guy. Gandalf. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's one of the White Walkers. Uh, the zombies are referred to as whites, you know, white with a G, and those are just you know reanimated corpses. Okay. Uh, whereas the actual White Walkers are something more than that. More, more than that. Okay. Uh, and he didn't send any ravens. I guess that was his only job. Send ravens to mm-hmm. where? Anywhere he was just supposed <laughs> to set, he was just supposed to go into the what, what was serving as their uh, their rookery and to release uh, every, all all of their ravens with the, with the message saying what was going on. Uh, when would he have been able to do that? Uh, I mean, he's kind of a fuck up. Uh, I'm just gonna abbreviate this from now on. ITB in the books. Uh, ITB, he, um, he runs to the, uh, he runs to their kind of temporary rookery and, um, he pisses himself and he, uh, he literally pisses himself and, um, sends out all the ravens but fails to actually attach any messages to them. So he just sends out a bunch of blank ravens, essentially, <laughs> without putting a message on it. Yeah, I mean, but in the, in the show... Uh, they, 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 there would be really no time for him to no. send out any kind of raven. So I don't know why they're getting on his case about it. Um, then we had the the open, uh, and I know over the past couple of seasons they've changed some things about the open. Did you notice anything that they they changed this time around? Yeah, uh, the first thing was um, Winterfell is now uh, ruined and smoking. <laughs> And uh, the only other, the only addition to it was uh, was Astapor, uh, which is the uh, city in Slaver's Bay uh, that Daenerys and her and her people go to uh, towards the end of this episode, where she was consistently referred to as a whore. Mm-hmm. That stinks for her. Uh, we go to the camp uh, where we meet that uh, roided up Snape guy. Um, and then, but, but before we even get to that, we, we see for the first time in the series that I've seen a giant. Yeah. This is the first, uh, the first, uh, first sighting of a giant in the series. Yeah. So first time you've seen, first time anyone watching the series <laughs> has seen. Yeah. Um, are they, 
ITB yeah. uh, in the books. Uh, are they seen before that? They're seen at about the same time, okay. actually. Um, in that sense, they've been pretty true, pretty true to the book. Uh, it's pretty much the same thing. He uh, he goes with uh, Egret and uh, Lord of Bones into the camp, and um, he meets meets a couple different characters, and then he meets uh, the first first giant uh, <clears throat> that he sees. Uh, it has a name. I forget. It has some really long, crazy name. Um, the only di- real difference is this one was, you know, a guy, wa- a tall guy walking around all covered in, you know, furs and things, whereas, uh, uh, ITB, it was more ape-like, it was, uh, completely covered in fur, mm-hmm. it, like, its own fur, it had a really, like, a small head, and was riding a mammoth. Okay. So, yeah, they're just more big people? Yeah, these are more just really huge guys. <laughs> uh... Yeah, so he's walking through the the camp. He's uh, getting, and this is John, mm-hmm. having a lot of shit thrown at him by some kids because he's wearing the wrong colors. Uh, what is their color? I guess just gray. Uh, I mean the uh, it's it's not so much that he's not wearing the right color of uh, of the free folk as they're called. Uh, it's that he's wearing black, and all black is um, symbolic of him being a brother of the Night's Watch. Okay. So they call them crows. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, then we have a scene with the, now, she mentions before, the, the king beyond the wall, is that him? Yeah, the roided up looking, uh, yeah, Snape. Snape guy, yeah, yeah, that's, uh, Mance Raider, or the Mance, as, uh, as the wildlings sometimes call him, he is, uh, he's a former brother of the White's, of the Night's Watch, um, yeah, he is, uh, like John, was uh he took the black and uh man the wall and uh at some point at some time uh he uh <clears throat> decided he didn't like kneeling very much so he uh skips town uh goes north of the wall and kind of became their king uh the whole uh, the whole deal with the uh, with the free folk uh with the with the wildlings is that they um I'm sure as we'll see uh, as we go on they have a you know, different, uh, different, you know, pockets of, uh, of their society, mm-hmm. you know, there's, like, different, uh, different tribes of them, essentially, uh, the biggest being the free folk, I guess, who, who we've seen so far, and Mance is, uh, being very strong, being a very strong warrior and a, you know, intelligent tactician, uh, kind of, just through the virtue of his, him being a more capable warrior gets a following, and, you know, becomes the king beyond the wall. Okay. Uh, so in that particular scene, all they were really discussing was why John wants to join them. Mm-hmm. Which John doesn't really want to join them, right? It's right. this is all just a uh, clever ruse. Yeah, it's a very clever ploy uh, thought up by a core and half hand. And that's the guy that got killed before. Yeah, that's the guy that John uh, John ran through towards the end of last season. Uh, yeah, he's a uh, an old uh, an old ranger from the Night's Watch. <clears throat> I guess he realized that the only the, the best way uh, for them to defeat uh, Mance and uh, and hit the Wildlings was to know what they were up to. Yeah. Uh, there's been um, some references to them look searching for something through the mountain in the mountains that uh that as of yet they haven't named, uh, but 
whatever they're looking for it must be important okay and the, do you already know what this is i do yeah <laughs> okay yeah i appreciate the uh lack of spoiler because i have not read the books uh 17 minutes well there was a just a real pretty tension-filled moment until he finally did say why he wanted to join mm-hmm. uh you had the dude behind him kind of axe in hand ready to chop the shit out of him mm-hmm. uh but then his answer was that, uh, what did he say? Uh, he wanted to... He, uh, he, he gave an account of uh, what he'd witnessed at uh, Craster's Oh, right, team. yeah. And then the, the white mm-hmm. walker taking the, the kids. And that was the guy who had all the daughters, right? And they yeah. just give away the, uh, the sons. Mm-hmm. What, was, what was his deal? Uh, Craster is an, uh, one of the free folk and one who doesn't... Uh, doesn't join in on the, you know, the raiding parties of the others. Um, they kind of have this, uh, almost like Europe, really ancient European tribal sort of deal where they're just sort of split up into independent war parties. Okay. And, uh, I guess he, uh, doesn't want to be part of that, so he kind of hangs out in the, in his, uh, in his house by himself. Or rather, with all his daughters and wives, and uh, his daughter wives, his daughter wives, and he uh, evidently protects himself by uh, sacrificing his sons to the to the White Walkers. Uh, so they leave him alone for that, and uh, the reason that uh, the Night's Watch allows him to to get away with it is because he um he allows them to stay at his keep and his you know quote unquote keep mm-hmm. uh when they're ranging far north of the wall okay uh seventeen or so minutes in there's some boobs finally mm-hmm. uh it's with uh Tyrion's guard which who what's his name uh, that he was a, a sellsword uh, or a mercenary named Bronn, right. who uh, we learn in this episode that he is now Sir Bronn of the Blackwater. He's uh, been knighted for his efforts in the uh, in the battle at the end of the last season. Okay, uh, that's interrupted. His good time is interrupted by uh, one of the people coming in to grab uh, grab him by uh, Podrick by... Payne. Padra Payne? Yeah, Padraig Payne is a Tyrion's uh, squire. Okay. Uh, he's a character who would have been perfectly played, actually, by Michael Sarah. Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah, he's uh, <laughs> just a really awkward little kid. <laughs> uh, so, Padraig... Is it Padraig? Yeah. Padraig comes in, interrupts that dude's good time uh, at Tyrion's request. So then they, he goes to... Uh, he, he leaves there. Uh, then we have Peter Dinklage. Peter Dinklage, and, who is uh, Peter Tyrion. Din- uh, yeah, yeah. Peter Dinklage playing Tyrion. Uh, coolest guy in Westeros played by the coolest guy in America. Yeah. I read that somewhere. <laughs> and I just noticed that you have a Game of Thrones shirt on. <laughs> I do, I do. I, I'm going to go ahead and admit that I did it on purpose. <laughs> well, that's... that's Pretty appropriate. There's nothing wrong with it. Uh, so we have a scene with uh, Cersei. Cersei. Cersei, and, who, and who, like I just say, has kind of become my favorite character. She's such a this. bitch. Yeah. God, she's so... Oh, God. Ugh. Yeah, she is. She even looks like a bitch. 
She does. She has this really pissed off uh, yeah. facial structure. Uh, we're going to... Maybe not in this season. Certainly in coming seasons, there's a lot more from her perspective. And we get a lot more insight on what makes her tick. <laughs> what makes her such a bitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she... This is, this is what I was unclear of. Uh, clear on. Did she actually order that dude to kill... Uh, Tyrion? Uh, that, the dude, uh, that was, uh, Sir Mandon Moore of the, of the Kingsguard. Um, it's pretty vague, uh, whether or not she actually did it. It's heavily implied. Uh, Tyrion essentially accepts it as fact yeah. that she did it. Uh, she doesn't really do anything to deny it. Um, I think in the, per- for the purposes of the show, they're making it a direct fact. ITB, it's more vague, and he spends a while trying to figure it out. Yeah. And uh, he never really gets a definitive answer on it. Uh, but Varys, at the the last episode of last season, Varys essentially just said it outright. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your sister uh, paid Sir Mandon more to try to kill you. So no reason to believe that he that she did. Yeah. Uh, he has a pretty uh, pretty fun line in there. He's he's usually pretty good with those. <laughs> Mm-hmm. He has a pretty good uh, good wit about him. Uh, it, what was it? it was, I kind of have it here. Uh, she says, you're not half as clever as you think you are, uh, which still makes me more clever than, more clever than you. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we're walking around uh, with uh, his, who is now a sir, Sir What's-His-Face. Sir Bronn. <laughs> sure. Uh, <laughs> and Tyrion are walking around, and there's a bunch of apparently re- renovations going on around the kingdom, mm-hmm. uh, I guess after the battle. They're already just taking care of that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't actually have anything about what was happening during that during that scene. Um, do you remember? Uh, they were just... Uh, Bronn was uh, squeezing him for more money. Okay. All right. Uh, then we have a dry guy laying on the rocks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's super chapped. Oh, yeah, yeah, we see a guy, we don't know who he is, and then the, the reveal, I guess, is uh, we see from the dude's POV him raising his hand up uh, to shield his eyes from the sun. And, of course, he has four shortened fingers. Uh, so the reveal here is this This is Davos Seaworth, who uh, we were led to believe was dead at the end of the, uh, at the, end of the battle in the penultimate episode of last season. Uh-huh. Uh, he's the... Um, for those who didn't pick up the name, it was very easy to miss his name. You know, Davos. Uh, yeah, Davos Seaworth, uh, the Onion Knight. He's the dude who uh, rows uh, Melisandre, the Red Woman, ashore and watches her crap out the Shadow Monster. Okay. Uh, he's uh, he was the captain of Stannis's fleet, the dude with the short fingers, but not dead. How do his fingers get shortened? Uh, he, uh, as you may remember, there's references to him before he was a knight in service of Stannis. He was a smuggler. And, um, back during the rebellion that happens before, before the series starts, and the rebellion which, uh, sees, uh, sees Robert, uh, depose the Targaryens and take the throne for himself. Uh, during that time, Stannis was holding, uh, the Baratheons' uh, ancestral home, Dragonstone. Uh, not Dragonstone, excuse me, uh, Storm's End. Uh, Storm's End uh, was besieged by um, by the Tyrells. Uh, the Tyrells being, uh, you know, Sir Loras, the Knight of the Flowers, and Joffrey's new wife, uh, the Queen. Those are the Tyrells, and their family was uh, besieging Stannis, and 
Storm's End, and uh, for about a year, until uh, Sir Dav- until Davos, who at that point was a smuggler, uh, smuggled in as smugglers are wont to do, smuggled in a bunch of a uh, shipload of onions, so that they didn't starve. So as a reward for smuggling in these onions and saving his life, Stannis uh, makes Sir da- makes Davos a knight, and to punish him for being a smuggler, uh, cuts off. Uh, half of the four of his fingers. And he earns the onion moniker. Yeah, and he becomes the onion knight. Yeah. Like Big Tuna. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's almost <laughs> exactly... That's actually what Big Tuna is based on. <laughs> uh, then I just have seen about Stannis' lady. Uh, I'm not sure... Because I don't think it, we had gotten to that scene just yet. There was a scene with... Uh, him and the uh, the red the redheaded lady. Uh, that's a little bit later. What yeah. we see immediately after about? him getting pulled off the rock is he's in uh, the ship with the uh, Salador San, yeah, the uh, pirate, mm. the cell sail, the guy who uh, they hire out uh, or he hires out thirty of his ships to help Stannis in exchange for uh, gold and glory and a chance to fuck the queen. Nice. Uh, Rob Stark. <clears throat> we get it. We get to Rob Stark, uh, and we're in a town. What what town is that? Uh, we're in Harrenhal. Oh, that was Harrenhal. Uh, yeah, which is uh, as you remember from last seasons where Arya was held for a while. Yeah, and it uh, has. I remember it had a, like a real bad connotation to it. Like no, who who someone yeah. was made Lord of Harrenhal or something at, in last season, mm-hmm. and it was like a joke. What who was that? Uh, the guy you're referring to is Jano Slint. Uh, if you remember way back in the first season, uh, like halfway through it, when, whenever, uh, whenever shit goes down, you know, Ned gets taken, taken, uh, taken prisoner and all that, mm. uh, right after Robert dies, um, Renly comes to Ned and he says, hey, you know, we can get the city guard on your, or, uh, rather Peter Baelish comes to Ned and says, hey, we can get the city guard on your watch. And Janos Slint is the Lord Commander of the City Watch. Okay. The Gold Cloaks are called. And then uh, he ends up... Turns out he was already bought by Cersei and betrays Ned, stabs all his dudes, takes him prisoner. So... And then Tyrion, as a punishment, has him shipped off to the Wall. Okay. So we're in Harrenhal. Everybody's dead. Uh, (coughs) Who killed them all? Uh, The Mountain, Sir Gregor Clegane... Uh, you remember the By mountain himself? from last season? No, no. Sir Ma- uh, Gregor is a knight, so being a knight, he has he has guys. He's a the mountain's not yeah. the one that's disfigured, but he's the brother of the yeah, one. Yeah, he's right? the older brother of the guy that's disfigured, the hound. The hound, right? Yeah, yeah. the mountain is called the mountain because he's huge. Uh, ITB, he's described as being eight feet tall <laughs> and some like five hundred pounds of solid muscle. <laughs> uh, but in the show, he's just a uh, much bigger than normal dude. Uh, and Rob is still pissed. Rob that, is still, yeah. Uh, uh, Catelyn? Yeah, Rob is still pretty uh, necessarily pissed at his mother Catelyn for us freeing Jamie. Yeah, and that was last season. She yes. set uh, um, what looks like... What the hell is that actress's name? Which one? Uh, I, I can't remember the friggin' actress's name... Um, the super tall blonde one plays Brienne. Yeah, but there's an actress that looks a lot like her. 
She oh, was in. She was in. She was in the movie uh, Constantine. Um, what the fuck was her name? I didn't see Constantine. Ah, uh, whatever. It'll come to me. Mm-hmm. Eh, it probably won't. Um, I'm always at it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so last season, Catelyn, and what what was the reason for her doing that? Just to try to make <laughs> peace and you know let her, get her kids freed. Is that what it was? Yeah, she um, came to the conclusion that, um, I guess, uh, a little finger. Baelish. Kind of gives, yeah, kind of gives her this idea. From the wire. Um, yeah. <laughs> he kind of gives her the idea that um, he's a much more useful uh, bargaining chip uh, if she gives him back. Like, if she, she, her idea is that if she gives Jamie back to the Lannisters and they'll free uh, Sansa and Arya. She is obviously under the impression that they have Arya. Right. Um, <clears throat> uh, the guy with the, uh, with the with the beard, the white-bearded guy, the tall guy, he's one of Rob's, uh, Rob's generals. Mm-hmm. Uh, guys, I forget what that dude's first name is. His last name is Karstark. And uh, when, they ca- when they originally captured Jamie, Jamie killed like two of his sons or killed one of his sons and another one of his kids died. Mm. Some other point, so that guy's got a huge chip on his shoulder, and he really wants to kill Jamie, right? Or, um, actually, excuse me, yeah, he lost one of them when they initially captured him, and he and Jamie killed the other one when he escaped the first time. Okay. As you remember, Jamie escaped by strangling the dude, and yeah. his, uh, and then um, <clears throat> and then they captured him again. So, uh, not only does Catelyn figure if she frees Jamie now, you know, to to get her daughters back. She's probably also worried that he's not going to live much longer in their captivity because now yeah. everybody's fighting over whether or not to kill him because the Karstarks all want him dead yeah. now. Okay. Uh, so, as you said, Rob is understandably pissed at his mom. Mm-hmm. So they're in Harrenhal and he says, uh, find something yeah. that can work as a cell and lock the bitch up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not only how mad he is, but he has to... He can't just, um, <clears throat> he's pragmatic enough to know that he can't look like he's letting it go. Right. Like, he's got a punisher yeah. in some way, and everybody's got to know it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, then we have a scene with Tyrion and Tywin. Uh, Tyrion's just kind of making small talk at first. Mm-hmm. Just kind of shooting the shit, and Tywin mm-hmm. doesn't want to have anything to do with it. Uh, and then he just starts going into how much he's done for, uh... For the for the family and mm-hmm. for the the city and all of that shit, um, so he's coming across as you know pretty bitter, uh, and then Tywin, it, it's it, that's his name, right? Tywin, yeah, yeah. Uh, just launches into this tirade, mm-hmm. Tywin tirade on Tyrion, uh, just all about how much he pretty much hates him. He hates oh, yeah. his guts. <laughs> yeah, he he uh, is just humiliated by him and he and he resents him and there's this really great line i think it's probably lifted word for word you know Tyrion goes into this whole thing how he wants casterly rock which is their ancestral home uh since jamie is a knight of the king's guard he's uh, uh sacrificed any claims to any lands you know much like if he had joined the night's watch he mm-hmm. is now uh <clears throat> He now has surrendered any inheritances. Sure. Uh, so legally, in 
you know, in Westeros, legally, uh, their, uh, their lands would go to Tyrion. And this is what Tyrion says, but Tywin tells him that, uh, he says, you know, I allow you to have my name and to wear my colors only because I can't prove that you aren't mine. Yeah. No DNA testing no, back then. No DNA testing back then. <laughs> in the case of Baby Tywin, mm-hmm. or Tyrion in that case. Uh, then we have Sansa and her handmaiden, whatever the hell they're called. Uh, Shay. Yeah. Shay. Uh, and then Carcetti comes up. Uh, <laughs> Baelish. Uh, I thought that they were already on their way out of there. Because that, was, that wasn't that was what was supposed to happen at the end of last season. <clears throat> that the hound... not Yeah, the hound. Wasn't he supposed to be, like, helping her escape or something? He was... Yeah, he had he offered to uh, spirit her out of, out of King's Landing and uh, uh, help, her, help her get back home. Uh, but she turned him down. Oh, okay. Uh, Forgot that shit bit. Yeah, she is uh, pretty terrified of the hound, <laughs> yeah. and there's a really, uh, there's a really creepy, kind of, not quite sexual undertones between the way the hound speaks to her. Yeah, yeah. he saved her at one point last season, right? Yeah, yeah, he saves her. Uh, he actually protects her a lot. Uh, there's a lot of scenes where, um, you know, she, or a lot, you know, there's a couple scenes where she's getting beat up by uh, other knights of the king's guard, particularly uh, Marin Trant. And it's, you know, wailing on her. And, uh, you know, the hound sort of steps in and helps her out. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and then he rescues her from being raped after the, uh, after the riot. Okay. Uh, and then Baelish says, what, what was, because he, was he talking about getting her out of there? Yeah. Um, but what, what would she have to do? He tells her she has to be ready at a moment's notice uh, because he doesn't know quite, or you get the impression that <clears throat> he knows exactly when he's going to leave and he knows exactly what's going on. He's just kind of game playing with her. Um, <clears throat> um, I'm not 100% sure what he's doing because uh, 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 ITB, it's a different character who's, uh, it's an omitted character essentially who's getting her, uh, who's going to talk to her about helping her escape. Mm. Not an omitted character, actually. If you remember the first episode of last season, remember the at the very beginning when Joffrey's just making people fight. Yeah, I remember the dude that he, he's pouring wine down mm-hmm. his throat. So uh, that guy, Sir Dantos. He made him. His he made fool. him his fool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then uh, and then because it was Sans's idea to make him the fool, he kind of takes it upon himself to be her hero. And he's the one who's like, oh, I'm going to get you out. I'm going to get you out of here. But he's kind of a, he's kind of a, you know, he's drunk all the time. And he's <laughs> kind of putting moves on her. Like he tries to kiss her a bunch of times. So they've, they've cut, they've cut that unnecessary shit out. Okay. I guess, and they've just made it Peter bit. It makes a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we get a, a warning from <clears throat> Baelish's assistant. Uh, Roz, who was uh, a whore in the first two seasons, if you remember. Mm-hmm. Pretty much any time they needed a whore, it was usually her. <laughs> so we've, go-to. Yeah, we've seen a lot of her. We've seen a lot of her, her parts. Yeah. So we get a warning from her that just basically says to watch her Sansa yeah, watch with, Sansa. with uh, Baelish. Uh, mm-hmm. 
with are you able to say anything about that without really giving anything away? Uh yeah, yeah. Um it's been pretty it's been fairly subtle, but uh they talk about uh Peter Baelish grew up in um in River Run with uh with Catelyn and her sister Liza. And uh, they talk about him having been in love with with Catelyn when okay. they were growing up. Right. And uh, he he claims to have uh to have taken her innocence or her honor, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had some scenes over the past yeah. couple seasons, the yeah. two of them, that where you can kind of get that. Yeah, it heavily implies that they've that they've gotten busy when they were kids. <laughs> and uh, he's made a couple references to Sansa being even more attractive than Catelyn was. Mm. So it's pretty heavily implied that he's. You know, he, 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 he wants, wants to, to he wants to get busy with wants to get in get in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, okay, so that scene. And then dragons. I have yeah. it on my notepad. Dragons exclamation point. Considerably bigger dragons. Yeah. Uh I remember it, last season they were talking about it taking like a really, really, really long time for uh dragons to get full size. Yeah, to get... And they seem to be going pretty quickly. Yeah, I think uh I don't think they've really mentioned it in in the show or in the books even. But I know in uh in other fantasy settings uh, uh like a common trope I think is that dragons keep growing throughout their entire for their entire existence. Oh. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. The whole growth rate of the dragons is a kind of a Whatever. If it's necessary for them to be bigger at this point, so yeah. they're bigger. Yeah, they gotta get bigger. And she wants them much bigger faster because she wants to use them to... She wants them to be big enough to ride. Yeah, she wants to ride them. Yeah, okay. she wants to ride them. Uh, and what what is her whole drive right now? Uh, Aside from just riding a dragon. She wants to go back to Westeros and... Uh, reclaim the iron throne and she says um she's the the last surviving targaryen mm-hmm. except for uh except for the um the maester from the from the from the night's watch um <clears throat> she's the last surviving targaryen and uh she's her entire life has been about uh if you remember her brother Viserys from the first season, all yeah. he his entire motivation he called himself you know king the king uh, of the rightful king of Westeros and all this shit. So her entire existence has been focused entirely on uh, raising an army to go back to Westeros to reclaim you know reclaim the Iron Throne, which yeah. is they believe is their birthright. Uh, so with her, it's it's like it's like her destiny. You know, it's not even. So much that she got it in her head that, hey, I should do this. It's because that's all that she's been about for her entire life. Okay. Uh, Yeah, dragon's getting big. Uh, Then we have Stanos and the Redhead. Mm -hmm. Uh, What's her name? Uh, Melisandre. Melisandre. Uh, Yeah, she's the one last year, Mm -hmm. last season that uh, pushed out a smoke monster. Um, and then we have, uh, I think it was in that scene where the other guy comes in, uh, yeah. the, the dry guy. Uh, yeah, Davos Seaworth, uh, kind of lays all the, lays his cards out on the table and, uh, 
declares her his enemy. Uh, yeah. He, pretty, ball, uh, pretty ballsy yeah. move. Extremely ballsy move. He yeah. is a uh, well. Davos is a, you know, is a is a is a guy who does what needs to get done. Who needs to get done? He um, he is of the opinion that uh, Melisandre is uh, gonna be the death of all of them. I guess, and uh, she has uh, now she's got Stannis burning people alive in uh, in the name of uh, their Lord of Light. Yeah, which Davos doesn't really care for. No, Davos is, an, is not a religious dude. He is a... I guess he's an atheist. I guess he's an atheist in Westeros, and uh, he's not He's not down with the Lord of the Light, and he does. he's definitely not down with burning people in the yeah. name of the Lord of Light. Uh, so he uh, goes to stab her, gets taken away. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't see... In this in this episode, at least, what exactly happens with him? Mm-hmm. I can't imagine it's going to be very good, um, but I don't imagine him actually being killed right away. Mm-hmm. You, of course, know. I, I of course know. I mean, <laughs> why are we gonna? Why are we? I mean, because they they heavily imply that he dies at the end of, at the end of last season, only to reveal that oh my god, he's alive. Yeah, you know, they're. I think it's reasonable to assume that we're not going to kill him off. Yeah, he, he doesn't come back yeah. to for a failed, quick failed attempt at a stabbing. Yeah, yeah. we're gonna. Uh, I think I think we can expect more from Sir Davos. Okay, uh, then we're just going around town with uh, Joffrey uh, getting carried around on a box, mm-hmm. and uh, his <laughs> his wife. What? Yeah, a very a very tiny sedan <laughs> yeah. chair. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I guess I don't know how big sedan chairs really were, but you know, reading it, I always pictured these big yeah. things. But he's just a, he's like in a he's like in a carrying kennel for a, a smart car of sedan chairs <laughs> in this tiny little box. He's yeah. like a little present. It's like a really shitty little gift. So he's he's riding around, getting carried with that. Uh, she also is. She, hers actually seemed to be a little bigger. Yeah, her seemed she had a little, little more space, bigger and airier. Yeah, she yeah. had a little more um, leg room. Mm-hmm. In that one, uh, then she stops. They stop to see where she's going. What's her name? Uh, Marjorie. Marjorie. Uh, that's the most normal of any of the names so far. There's been, there's some pretty normal <laughs> names of these characters. There's uh, Marjorie. There's Jamie. There's Brandon. Oh, Jamie. Yeah. Uh, Kevin. Who's Kevin? Kevin is a uh, Tywin's brother. We haven't we haven't seen much of him, but I, we will later. Okay. He's a pretty cool character. All right. So Marjorie visits an orphanage. Uh-huh. Uh, where she is just these are these are all, I guess orphans of the battle. Uh, these are orphans in general. <laughs> I think it's uh, <laughs> I think it's implied that they're supposed to be most of them are supposed to be or a lot of them are orphans of the battle. Um, Blackwater, they're just right. yeah of uh, the Battle of Blackwater Bay. Uh, they're just in a poor part of town. They're just going through a, a the ghetto essentially. Mm-hmm. And, and she's uh, just building herself up, or at least her character is mm-hmm. being built up as real as a liberal, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> more or less. The yeah, uh, the Tyrells are working hard to win hearts and minds. Yeah, uh, <laughs> the Tyrells are um, uh, against Sir Loras, the Knight of the Flowers, who if you he was a uh, Renly's lover. Yeah, uh, Marjorie is his younger sister, or his older sister, I think. I forget which one is which. And Renly was killed by the smoke monster, right? Yeah, yeah. The shadow smoke <laughs> monster from 
from Melisandre's vagina. I remember Corinne kills him. Yeah, Wells, Corinne Wells. Shout out to Corinne Wells, uh, who will be joining the podcast next week, mm-hmm. uh, tweeting that it, it looked like the creature from Fern Gully, which is pretty accurate. <laughs> uh, that smoke monster. I uh, vaguely remember, and if my vague recollections are are accurate, then yeah, it is. It, it was it's pretty dead on. Uh, so yeah, uh, Marjor- Marjorie Tyrell. Oh yeah, yeah. Is out on the town. Uh, just uh, winning hearts and minds. Yeah. Uh, and the the Tyrells are um, from uh, from one of the southern, one of the southern most of the seven seven kingdoms from uh, from the Reach, which is a very uh, very fertile region. Um, they produce uh, most of the most of the crops for Westeros. So and when they are, they originally declare for Renly. Uh, when the war starts, and they begin, uh, so they cut off food supply to King's Landing. So the riot happens in the second season because those people are starving. Mm-hmm. So when uh, so after Renly is assassinated and the Tyrells uh, declare for the Lannisters, uh, <clears throat> they begin resup- they begin again supplying King's Landing with food, and uh, so the Tyrells are extremely extremely popular in King's Landing. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then we have uh, dinner with Cersei, uh, which was Cersei. Uh, I guess Marjorie was there, and Joffrey just keeps looking like real uncomfortable mm-hmm. with uh, with the fact that they're even talking about what she was doing. Um, mm-hmm. What's it? What's the deal with that? Joffrey's just a little piece of shit. You know, <laughs> Joffrey is a really is not a complicated character. Yeah. He's just a little fucking piece yeah. of shit. He's just a uh obnoxious little twerp. Uh, he, he's 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 not smart. Uh, he he doesn't have any he doesn't have any fucking perspective. He doesn't have any clue how to how to run his kingdom. He just has this idea that well, I'm the king and I'm in charge and you know, goddamn it, they are lucky to be alive. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I, I, for me it kind of seems like he in I could be completely wrong since you know the future of this whole thing. Uh, but it seemed to me like as an actor, or at least he was trying to play like uh, somehow impressed but awkward, awkwardly with what she was doing. Like she's somehow like piercing that piece of shit armor that that he's yeah. that he's got. So I don't know if they're going to be making any changes within the, the, the books to his his character. And how how they interact? Can you talk about any of that stuff without giving too much away? Do, does she have a bigger impact on how he behaves? Yeah, she does. Okay, that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> all right. She does. Okay. Uh, Khaleesi is, or what's her name? Daenerys. Uh, Daenerys. Yeah. Daenerys. Uh, is now at the, uh, you already mentioned where it was. Uh, Astapor. Astapor, with all the soldiers, uh, and the one guy who just kept calling her a whore in, in subtitles. Yeah, that, um, uh, that, uh, area she's in is called Slaver's Bay. And, <laughs> Not uh, the best place no, to be. it's not the best place to be, and the city she's in is Astapor, and there's, a uh, Slaver's Bay is just ringed with, uh, these cities, um, you saw that harpy statue. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're all um, all these cities are populated by these people who are descended from uh, 
this ancient uh, fallen empire uh, called the uh, Old Geese. And um, their economy is based entirely on slavery. Old so, guys. Yeah, so every each of, each of these cities kind of specializes in different you know types of slaves. And um, Astapor is known for uh, producing uh, slave soldiers. And specifically uh, the Unsullied. Uh, the Unsullied, uh, which is what she's uh, in the market for in Astapor, uh, the Unsullied are an army of uh, eunuch slaves. Um, and they're essentially as close to a robot army as you're going to get yeah. in uh, in this setting. Uh, they're... Um, they feel that pain. Yeah, they, they essentially feel... They're, they're obedient to the point where they completely can completely ignore pain and uh, uh, don't have any fear. And they'll... Uh, you know, they, uh, they talk about how they've stood there waiting for her for two days with no food or no water. Yeah, and they demonstrate yeah. uh, a little bit with the guy calling the one soldier forward, yeah. uh, taking his overall thing up, slices uh, and then his slices off his nipple. Yeah, slices off his nipple, and the guy doesn't the guy even thank him for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah please, sir, might I have another? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah, pretty, oh. pretty... Pretty obedient. Yeah, yeah. Another uh, another neat thing about that scene um, that uh, they didn't they didn't really touch on this in the book, in the show. Excuse me, they didn't really touch on this in the show. Uh, but the language they're speaking is um, they refer to it as bastard Valyrian, and uh, the Targaryens are. Um, they say it a few times that they're the blood of old Valyria. Uh-huh. Uh, Valyria is this country that uh, no longer exists. It's uh, fairly close to where Slaver's Bay is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was destroyed by this mysterious event called the Doom that uh, we don't know anything about yet. Okay. And uh, so, and Valerians, I guess, are they're supposed to be like uh, like Romans. There's references to Essos is uh, covered in the old Valerian highways, and and uh, everybody has Valer. All the important families in Westeros have Valerian steel heirloom swords, mm. and um, and so. Uh, yeah, so these people in Slaver's Bay are speaking a kind of a low f- version of their language. So Daenerys, uh, she's kind of a conversational language. knowledge of it. So, so Daenerys understands what the guy is saying okay. the whole time. Yeah. So Daenerys knows what the dude's saying, so she's just and she's pretending she doesn't speak the language. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, because I mean that actually surprised me. I, I was less surprised that. I mean, knowing that she knew knew the language now is is makes sense. But the other guy, uh, Sir Sir Jorah, Sir Jorah, who was also he was in Downton Abbey, um, uh, one of the seasons. I think he played Sir Richard. I think the name was. But that's besides the point. Oh, it was a Sir. Uh, he speaks Targaryen, right? Uh, Valyrian. Valyrian. Uh, I don't know if he does. I remember him speaking something. He speaks Dothraki. Dothraki, that's what it was. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, so I, I would have expected him to know some of the, some of that stuff too. Yeah, maybe he did. I don't know. I mean, I, you know what? I guess he didn't because if he did, I can't imagine Sir Jorah yeah. would have would have taken that. Yeah, he lightly. wouldn't have. Uh, yeah. Um, all right, and then we are in the final scene uh, where, well. They're walking around that, that town, uh, Athapur, what is it? Astapur. Astapur. And there's this little girl that's uh, just kind of following them, kind of playing, you know, uh, playing, hide and seek a little bit with them. Playing roll the ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. here, catch. 
so it's kind of set up where there's like uh, um, a, uh, what the hell are they call uh, black hooded yeah black hooded guy yeah cloak guy following them reaches for a sword uh, the ball rolls and uh, she opens opens it up. Um, or no, no, it fell, right? And then it kind of yeah. like popped open. Uh, a little girl uh, rolls it towards her. Mm-hmm. She picks it up, and the little girl kind of motions for her to twist oh, right, the yeah. ball open. And she does so. Yeah, and at that point, somebody whacks her hand, and she drops the ball. And then we see the uh, the legs come out of the, the manticore. Uh, the manticore. <laughs> yeah. It, it was like a jewel-encrusted scorpion. Yeah, a little, little green scorpion beetle. Uh, which uh, then goes to try and get her, but uh, the guy who you said, Bar- Barrister? Uh, Barriston. Barriston. Uh, saves her, and that's pretty much the... Uh, well, they, they, they showed that she was like she was one of the... What do they call? Uh, the warlocks with, yeah. the, with the, the blue lips. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The... Uh, which are also the people that kind of kept her captive, right? Uh yeah yeah the uh, the warlocks from uh, uh, Piat Pri is yeah, the name Piat of Pri. the bald guy from the from last season, uh, the warlock. Um, so presumably now the warlocks are kind of have it out for you know for uh, destroying their uh, their <laughs> fortress. Yeah. You know, believe it or not, let it not, go, guys. They don't like that. Yeah. Guys, get over it. It's a it's a buyer's market. But... <laughs> uh. Yeah, and then it uh, the thing just kind of jumps into the water. They go to the water. It's not in the water. It's up on the roof, mm-hmm. and then it's gone. Uh, and that's the show. That's the first episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, actually, after that, yeah, then he reveals that he's barrister right. to Selma. He's in the King's Garden. He kind of swears his allegiance to her. He's been following her, trying to apologize for, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Um, and then we see the previews for the for next week. We see that Arya... Is is back in there? Is there anything that you saw yeah. in there that you're partic- particularly looking uh, forward to? Uh, Bran as well. Uh, Bran was also absent from this episode. That's the big uh, blonde, right? No, no. Bran is uh, uh, the boy, the little boy uh, who's paralyzed. Oh right, oh okay. uh, the Stark boy, <laughs> yeah. Brandon Stark. Uh, he's absent, and yeah, and uh, Jamie as well. Brie, Brienne. Yeah, Jamie and Brienne are going to be in this one. Uh, going to be in, be there next week. Uh, yeah, so uh, we're gonna we're gonna get a lot more into Jamie's character in this season as well. Uh, Jamie has been up to this point has pretty much been the uh, smirking villain. Yeah, uh, we're gonna get a lot more into him and what makes him tick, and you know what his deal is. Okay, so he he's a he's a much more uh, substantial character uh, in the third book and presumably in this season, like. Um, uh, if you don't know, the the books are all um, split into POV chapters. So every book is solely from the perspective of... Every chapter is solely from the perspective of one character. Um, so everything that happens in that chapter will be from their perspective. Okay. So, you know, the first book is mostly uh, Ned chapters, and there's Catelyn chapters, and John and Tyrion mm-hmm. chapters. And the, the third book introduces Jamie chapters, and... Uh, so we start to so, that, so you know that's how we start to see a lot more from his perspective and so it's a lot of the same story just told through different exactly, points yeah. of view and why people did certain things and 
mm-hmm. and all that. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, so the so the the characters who you really get to know are the ones who you know who have POV chapters. Yeah. So I mean, so we don't get to know uh, Robert that well, for example, because we never get a chapter from Robert's perspective. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, well, that's the the first episode of this as yet nameless Game of Thrones podcast. I gotta think of something. If you think of anything, we'll let me know. Up, we'll come up with something. Yeah, um, I'll probably take tomorrow edit this a bit. Um, I probably won't take anything out of it because uh, that would be dumb since it covers the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably just throw a couple things on, put it up on on my site, mikemarbeck dot com. Uh, and then next week we'll be joined probably by Corinne. Uh, maybe by Jess Ross or Kevin Pettit, uh, possibly Tim Butterly, uh, and uh, you if you'll if you'll be yeah, back. This yeah. was good because for me, it definitely illustrated my ignorance of the of the, of the if, show. If you're gonna be ignorant about something, uh, fiction is probably a good thing to be ignorant about. It's it's a fucking fake world. Like I'm I'm good at I'm good at good at made up history. Well, I enjoyed it. Uh, Andrew, thanks. And no uh, thank you. The night is dark and full of terrors. What's dead may never die. And thus concludes the first episode of Stark Raven Mad. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Hope you learned something because I sure as hell did. Jesus Christ, does Andrew Stanton know his shit? God. Um, yeah, it really came in handy. So he will definitely be here each week, uh, taking us to school on Game of Thrones. Um, Tilda Swinton. Tilda Swinton was the actress I was trying to find uh, the name for. It couldn't come to me for some reason. Uh, I guess because it's Tilda Swinton. It's not one that really just sticks around in your head. Uh, But Tilda Swinton was the actress that I believe that uh, Brienne, if that's her her name, which I think it is, uh, the tall blonde that is taking uh, Jamie back. Uh, that's who she looks like. So, yeah. I hope you enjoyed it. ITB in the books. Not really sure it's abbreviating. It's kind of the same syllables, I think. Either way, uh, I'm not one to uh, disagree with an authority. And that is this first episode. Join us next week on Stark Raven Mad.